Good morning, coffee moaners. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king, the king of the fisherman jumper. Oh, I've got, I, it, on, we've oh got I. it on two days running. No, I haven't. I didn't have it on yesterday. What did you have on yesterday? Something else. Just check out the thumbnail of our life. You didn't, because I, I did. had that blue one on and you no, had No, you didn't. That was the day before. You've lost a day. Oh, hang on a minute. What You've did lost... you have on yesterday? I had on my green thingy thingy thingy. The normal one. My, oh, yeah. My, uh... I'm not so keen on that I one. I know now. you're not, but you loved it the first That's time you... I put it yeah, on. Yeah, but now it's become a bit Is of that a because it's a bit jumper? younger? <laughs> it's not a depression jump. I haven't been depressed once yet this summer. Yeah. <laughs> you this haven't January. Uh, well, no, I haven't. I've... I've... I've, I've worked. Been, you're, you're really working on yourself, actually. Yeah, I've really been working like, in my head as well. I'm I feel like a lot of things that I we might have talked about over a long while are like, just like... Falling into place. Yeah, mm. yeah, falling into place. Can I just say thank you so much to all of you. If you didn't catch my chat last night, I did a live chat last night, Thirsty Thursday, great title, Nadia's idea. Obviously, lots of people use it to describe Thursday as a day when the drinking thing kind of kicks in. It's a chat about alcoholism, addiction... We ended up talking about almost the 10 defining factors that make you an alcoholic, morning, but we talked about dry January. And the only reason I've popped it into Coffee Moaning this morning as well is just another article ironically landed this morning about how uh, bad dry January really can be in quite, quite a, an acute fashion. I kind of tickled at the edges of it last night saying it's not necessarily the right thing, but actually the people you'd think it was most aimed at. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the traitors. Just hold the front page. Uh, we're gonna, it feels tired. It feels like revisiting a bucket of sick. Um, it, it's Prince Andrew, uh, but it's the whole Epstein, you know Epstein I, I papers. Haven't, I, I just, Mark's very sweet. He did all the work this morning because I wanted to do yoga. So I'm not that au fait with what's going on the next stage with Prince Andrew. I haven't read anything yet, so you'll have to fill me in. Okay, and, um, and of course, Oscar Pistorius uh, is freed today. And that's mm. less about the fact that he it's all legal and it's all right and it's, it's the system. And if you serve whatever your sentence in South Africa, you're entitled to parole at the halfway point or to be freed at the halfway point. You know, um, is it Steen... Reva Steenkamp. Reva I want to get her name correct. Uh, you know, even her family say we recognise the due process and all of that. But it's, it's more about how does this leave you feeling, you know, if you know that he's murdered your, your daughter, you know. Um, so it's big news because it was a massive news story. I mean, Maddie was remembering it. You know, lots of people really remember that story, don't they? Dean oh my it. God, it was like, it was, it was a huge story. Yeah. And um, Dina was absolutely gripped to the trial, as many people were. I mean, it was watched, yeah. oh my God, in the finest I detail. I think it was like, it was as big at the time as um, Johnny... Uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. I was yeah. going to say Johnny Vegas. Johnny Depp. And, um, yeah, and, and people were swinging back and forth the whole time as to whether they believed him or not. Because, of course, he's, the prosecution set him out as, like, a very violent, um, you know, womanising, mm. um, egomaniac. Um, but the defence at the time, the story, was also incredibly believable so people were just torn between these two i mean it was just so mm. divisive wasn't it well, people were one way or the other lots of cases like that it's like the um mccann's as well you know people are so sure on one side or the other well, I'm, I'm parents, throw, oh yeah i'm God. gonna throw a sort of uh, a sort of inflammatory article in 
item into this debate because I, I agree and I think it was and I think it was kind of but I think for the wrong reasons does anyone else feel that this could be possibly the case I think some people fell down on the side of Oscar Pistorius because he was good looking and I, it sounds really shallow what I'm about to say there is such a thing as pretty privilege yes. it's a real thing and I Glamour. think do you think but she was that stunning the re- too. she was stunning but do you th- I, I worry that so many people were enamored with the story with the glamour because of not just the glamour but also wanted to kind of think that he could be innocent or that even if he wasn't necessarily innocent it wasn't so bad because he was so good looking well it's interesting you say about the good looking i thought it would be more about his incredible athleticism triumphing against the impossible well yeah i mean he lost his parents you know he was brought up by his uncle i mean to be to be the athlete that he was i think yeah that um, and that's why it was such a fascinating story it's Mm. like what made the man and I was always swinging between the two the two sides of it. Because you know me, I'm such an empath. I was like, mm. oh my God, they were in love. She was just in the toilet. God, it is terrifying in South Africa. There are so many attacks. People expect this. You know, you can imagine you're in the pitch black. You know, you hear a sound, you just go, you shoot. So it was, both sides were just so believable, weren't they? But um, a couple of years ago, I didn't I saw believe him doc- for a minute. I, I, I did. I swung between. I really did. I, I was almost shocked and surprised at the time that people were finding their. their I, and that's what did I mean. Did you watch I think, any of the cases? I did. Though? I watched a lot of yeah. it, and I looked at a lot of the evidence as well. And I really felt back at the time. I'm not saying that. I don't I'm not saying even conversing. Oh, I do. I, I'm, I'm not even suggesting for a minute that this is a kind of retrospective kind of. Oh, is this what it could have been about back then? Da da da. I've, of course, there's the story of his disability. There's his astonishing physical prowess and everything that went into that but I remember when I was when we were looking at the evidence it to me it was patently ridiculous that and and I felt they were constructing the slimmest of kind of you know alibis around his perspective his opinion I don't know if you remember there was all sorts of anger management issues there was all sorts of narcotics involved not necessarily I mean I believe I believed he did it in the end but I'm saying I was swinging but I, I, I think was, that that shadow of doubt that, and people wanting to believe hmm. that there could be truth in it. I want to know what was taking people there because I, I, I well, think it's curious. I think I think so. If I was if I was part of that jury, mm. I would have been taking into consideration all these possibilities. We cannot know what it is like to mm. live in a country where most people are armed because it is extremely dangerous. You know. That pitch, pitch darkness that you can you get in a room in a hot country, mm. you know, where you could be dis- So I was kind of like, oh, you know, it could be. And you've got to think about that, haven't you? If you're a mm. jury, you've mm. got to. You can't just go in with your with your one idea. But you know, I am always. I lean always towards women. I just do, and you know, um, and the coercive control stuff that started to come out. God, she was so beautiful, mm. wasn't she? Mm. So I think it was absolutely the right decision. I totally think he did it in the end, but I was swinging. But I saw a documentary a few years ago with her parents. Oh, my God. You know how they talk about how, you know, to survive a child's death, Mm. a relationship. But these two, they were like, I mean, they were very honest. It was like, it was almost like they were just sitting, hating each other. Her parents, they were utterly destroyed Mm. by their rage for him. Um, I mean, he, and that was the first thing I thought of when I saw he was getting out, I was thinking, oh my God, how are they going to cope? 
is a very strict parole. He has to stay in the house. Yeah, he's moved in day. with his uncle, hasn't he? He's moved in with his uncle. He has yeah. to take anger management courses. Um, he has to sort of study, um, you know, gender equality and, and gender politics and... And this, and you know, well, I think... do you know what? All of that I was very bloody impressed with. I yeah. thought, yeah. I wish we could have a bit yeah. of that here that when somebody here? comes out for domestic violence. Mm. I wish there was some continuous con continuity of care. Mm. Um, he, you know, the reports it sounds like his uncle is a very tough guy, he's no pushover. He's, he's, his, far, his, his uncle is very wealthy, but he's going to be made to pay his own way. It's not about him just going and lying by the pool all day. Mm. He has had a very tough time in prison which if I was her parents, I would be very pleased about. But standing aside from that as a human being, I think, you know, probably six years felt like double that time because apparently he was a real victim to the gangs in there. Mm. And there were lots of injuries. Now imagine that without your... I mean, legs. I wonder if he was allowed to... Was he wheelchair bound or was he, I was remember he allowed to walk? at the beginning, he wasn't blades. allowed his... He wasn't no. allowed his blades. I mean, mm. does anybody know? Mm. So imagine that. Imagine well, the vulnerability. I mean, just running back through the trial and the, and the process, it was so August 2012, he competed in the Paralympics and Olympics, won gold. The following February, so only about six months later, he shot dead Riva Steenkamp. Trial began in March 2014, a year later. Judge found him guilty of culpable homicide and he began a five-year sentence. And then in 2015, he was transferred to house arrest. And then it was an appeal court that changed his verdict to murder. Yeah. Uh, which meant he returned to prison after being sentenced to six years. Appeal Court then increased his sentence in November 2017 to 13 years. Uh, and in June 2022, he met Miss Steenkamp's father, Barry, as part of a restorative justice programme. Um, oh, yeah, I've forgotten about that, that he went yeah. to house. Yeah, so I mean, they, he was so in the house. the parents bought an appeal case? No, no. I mean, you know, the thing we were talking about, about him being good-looking and about... We find it incredibly difficult to find our heroes guilty of anything, don't we? There's so much horror in the world that we do have people that we put on pedestals. Mm. And it's so much more painful because yes. we, we see them as a light of hope. You know, this person is a truly great person. He triumphed against all adversity. He was like, you know, this top athlete. Mm. And I think people, maybe people even had sympathy around any domestic violence, certainly not me, of like, you know, it, it, this sort of thing can come up. Well, you know, to be that sort of an athlete, you've got to be one track, you've got to I be think, yeah. ruthless, yeah, you've got to be... Right. I think people can make allowances for, for athletes sometimes that and don't I think, for other people. I think it's a really important point you make as well about the idea that, you know, I think so many people... Uh, both with disabilities or sympathetic and understanding of other people. And we all know someone who has a disability of some sort. You know, the, I think perhaps, again, you're right. This really upset that neat narrative of someone who's triumphed over sort of, you know, adversity. It's a great moral story. Right. He was a good-looking man as well. Can he you imagine how many parents feet. used him as an inspiration Absolutely. and said, well, look at Oscar. Absolutely. You know, so... So then you can understand difficult. that there would be a resistance to want to go down that route. I mean, I think one has to accept that in nearly all cases, you know, when, when you think of the Johnny Depp trial. I mean... Obviously, our, my position on the Johnny Depp situation, you can go and check all our content. It was pretty clear. But 
One has to always guard against simply tripping into a sort of loyalty or defence based For simply on love. what yeah. you don't want to have to deal with. It's discomforting. It upsets the apple cart. It makes me feel, oh, mm, but that's not the narrative that I bought into. And I think we do buy into the narratives around these people. Of course we do. You know, stories, but, isn't yeah, it? Narratives, yeah. yeah, stories. We don't know these people, but we know their fantastic stories. Which speaks to, just on that note Somebody that you was said... mentioning about the court yesterday, we should, we should mention that, that shocking thing in America. America. People of faith just say. Oh, the the guy the guy who was charged and he leapt. I wanted to. Oh, you were going to do show that, but it God. felt a bit too violent. Where the, so the person was, was convicted of aggravated assault or something, and then they I battery, battery, and then attacked the, the judge. The judge woman was just starting mm. to say that he was going to have to go to prison. I've never seen anything like it because he flew. He didn't walk. He. We, we didn't see where he was from. We just saw his POV as he flew at the judge and just smashed her to the ground, didn't mm. he? And she was screaming. And how long did it take for men to pull him off? Mm. My wow, this God. is really interesting. Absolutely horrifying. Yeah, sorry, I didn't want to jump. Christopher Cundall, hope you're very well, Christopher. Um, Christopher. Christopher. Uh, this is fascinating, Christopher. Um, I, I hope you don't mind me sharing. I mean, I think this, you, this is publicly known, you, and you state it here that you are you are in a wheelchair now. Um, Christopher Gundle says, "Yeah, before the case happened, my accident hadn't happened, so I was very strongly saying he is guilty. After my accident and becoming paraplegic, I could see a slight sympathy wow. of being disabled and how things are different." Wow. Well, that's what I that's thought. I thought, Christopher, you know, when everyone was saying, "But how would he know?" I said, "So, mm. so he didn't have his blades on. Mm. It's." Pitch black. Mm. He hears something and he runs and he shoots. His level of fear is going to be Different. double, triple to ours because he's, I assume, I don't know. I, that's the way I was thinking. Mm. Because he's disabled. Mm. Um, but that's really interesting. That just almost on a cellular so level. On a cellular level. You'd felt mm. both mm. sides mm. of that. Wow. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Reese Roberts, really important point now. And I think this is where sports and athleticism and sporting triumph for often... Why it's such a breakthrough for often people from sections of society that wouldn't normally be able to kind of break from the shackles of their kind of cultural background, wealth background, all that kind of stuff, Reese Roberts says. And athleticism is the one rare thing that's entirely one on its own merit and cannot be influenced by nepotism or favours as the entry point. So I think that's why his crime stings. Uh, neatly put, really neatly put again. Can I just say, the thing you just said about... Okay, Christopher kind of follow-up for you. For example, laying in bed and hearing a sound and not being able to defend oh, the God. same way, but still, of course, felt he was guilty. Ah, yeah. Oh, you see, this is what I was thinking. An added layer of vulnerability of and ill-judged response is what you're kind of potentially saying. Christopher, say. how did you think about him being put into prison not being allowed to have his blades? Wow. No, interesting. interesting. It's, it's, again, literally, uh, you know, having to see things through other people's prisms. Um, but just going back to that, I think you just said the thing, the story. It, you know, it, it was the story that people had bought into. And I, I don't know if this story is going to gain any traction, but me and Nanny Dye reviewed a film called May, December, which is this film based loosely, but kind of heavily, on a real-life story of a woman who had a sexual relationship with a minor, 12 to 13-year-old, went to prison and subsequently married that person and had children with them in, in real life. And this is a film, May, December, in which Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman... Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore plays the woman, the, essentially the sex offender who married down. 
Um, and Nat Natalie Portman plays an actress coming into their lives to make a quality indie film about their relationship. One aspect of the story that's fascinating is the victim, if you like, the grooming victim, who is now in the film, her husband and a grown man. Um, he has his experience described by Natalie Portman, who's, you know, doing method acting, if you like. She describes his experience as a story. And I think it speaks to this idea that, you know, what is a story to us is someone's life to them and is a, is a real experience. And I think, Christopher Cundall, you're kind of giving us some of that real kind of up-close, granular difficulty that, yes, it's a story, yes, we see it printed, yes, we can have an opinion on it, but in the, in the reality of feeling something, it's so much more than just that to, to the person involved. Now, the reason I mentioned the May-December thing is the real-life person who was the young person who had sex with the Julianne Moore character in real life and who grew up and married her is now angry with the film for turning yet again, you could argue, his experience wow. into another story. So what happens in the film, or is one of the themes of the film, is actually happening again in real life. And of course, May, December could well be one of those films. Check out our top final top five of films. It's one of those films, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really thought-provoking film. I, I would recommend people to go and see it. So. Oh, I wish you'd said to me you were watching that. I wanted to watch that. Well, it was on in the background. Yeah, but you started. I, I only realised halfway through. Yeah, well, there we go. All right, baby. Um, good ship lollipop, I found both those actresses irritating, and I don't know why. Well, on that point, Julianne oh, Moore, I've drifted away from massively. Go and check out mine and Annie Dye's review. And Natalie Portman has never done it What for was me. that actress that we loved, that film we loved her in so much, where she was the actress in Map, Madden? Map to the Stars, I'd love it? to watch that again. Watch Map to the Stars, she's so good in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Reese, you've just given us your, oh, look, Reese, past lives at number one. Thank you for your ten. Pop them under our part one of our top ten. Me and Annie Dye do our top, top ten. What's past lives? Past lives, it's... Oh, I, I, can't really explain it. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, we'll check it out. Marjorie Didone, I'm sorry, but if you are an adult and you have a relationship with a child, you're a paedophile. Yeah, absolutely. End of. You should go to prison for life. Totally agree. No one's disputing that. But check out this film. It's about all of those sorts of topics. It's a fascinating film. So do check it out. So I don't want to spend too long on Prince Andrew because it always ends up leaving me feeling a bit mucky. Mm. Doesn't it? But this is, this is really simply the fact that Prince Andrew's name has been mentioned a further 69 times in the Epstein, Epstein files, papers mm. that have been published. He's obviously been infinitely more involved with things and it was a much closer friend to Epstein or was more involved with Epstein. You know, his name has been associated in a similar fashion to, uh, rather unfortunately, Stephen Hawking's name in terms of underage orgies. And there is this, there, there is this other... And there is this other woman who, uh, I forget her name in the, in the documents, she, 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 you know, again, none of this is necessarily new, but it's just, it's been foregrounded and it's been confirmed, if you like. This just makes things deeply difficult for Prince Andrew and Prince Char and King Charles, I think. So I think, you know, any potential rehabilitation of Prince Andrew that was ever possible, and when I say rehabilitation, I think it was always going to stay in the margins and in the shadows. This is a kind of slam dunk, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what the royal family does with him. I just wanted to draw, just quickly, a stark contrast. Whatever you think of Prince Harry, the fact that he has been absolutely hounded, hammered, pilloried, you know, there's been a desire to destroy compared to Prince Andrew. So strange, isn't it? It's bizarre. Well... Now, you know, it's not to say that Prince Andrew hasn't been... But, but listen, I know lots appetite. of people that have met him that have been at dinners and do's, and he's so Who? Which foul. One? 
Prince Andrew. Yeah. Oh, right. I've heard that from lots Allegedly. of people. Allegedly. Allegedly. People have said this. You're not saying he is No, foul. no, that's what I said. People that I know that have met him have yes. said that he was foul. Right. He was okay. rude. <laughs> right. No, but he was rude. But I've never met anyone that didn't say anything just other than lovely things mm. about Harry, having met Harry. But also just, like, look at what the charges are against Andrew to the charges against Harry, which is Harry's been a bit of a blooming mm. idiot and sold his family a bit down the river. But, my God, Andrew has done that on crack. Well, Prince Andrew has now shame. been Prince Andrew has now been re-reported to the Metropolitan Police after being named as being, taking part in an it underage orgy away, on Jeffrey Epstein's island. Um, an accuser refer, referred to in the documents as Jane Doe III claims she was told to have sexu sexual relationships with the Duke of York while she was still a minor in three different locations, including his private island uh, in the US Virgin Islands during an orgy with other underage girls. Do you know what I feel so sorry for every time he comes back in the press? His children. His girls, mm -hmm. who, who seem to be really sweet. And uh, Sarah Ferguson, I mean, everybody at ITV's met her because she comes, she's just so lovely. And she 100% believes him. And, you know, it's just... It's just such a shame. Well, it's the ripple effect, of course, first and foremost, victims, but then the other victims outside mm, of mm, these people that allegedly do these things. And it looks like Sarah Ferguson could well be in Celebrity Big Brother. She looks like she's going to be the big scalp. The, the big scalp that they, they're going for there. Um, okay, let's just quickly talk about. I don't think we're going to get. We're going to get to the traitors. I really no, don't, I don't think, think she, she should do that. We're going to get to the traitors in a minute. So I don't think she will do it. The downsides of dry January. This is a piece in LBC published this morning. Hundreds of thousands of people swapping. Now, look, dry January, as we talked about last night, isn't necessarily... Dry January, if seen as something like, I don't know, cutting out carbs or taking a slight dietary shift or adjusting your nutritional don't intake and all carbs. that kind of... You know, but I mean, you know, it can be seen as a lifestyle choice for people who just are simply feeling like, I'm drinking too much and, you know, I need to have a break and I did too much in, in December... All the research shows that more often than not, people who do dry January or Stoptober go nuts the, the month afterwards. But I was talking last night, and this, this is an article that kind of talks to the fact that actually, you know what, if you are def definitely struggling with alcohol addiction, alcohol misuse, are potentially an alcoholic, suddenly leaping at dry January could be dangerous for the very simple reason that Two, two, two main reasons. You could have withdrawal symptoms and it will be a shock to the physical system. But you can also have withdrawal symptoms aren't just about the DTs and the physicality of it. You know, more often than not, when Emotion. people have massive drinking issues or addiction issues, yeah, they're covering mental health issues. And what I mean, you the do is you remove, okay, albeit a, a flawed, if you like, veil that covers it, you, you remove it. Well, you're it. removing your medication. Exactly. The wrong medication. But, you know, as they famously say in AA... The best thing about getting sober is you get your feelings back. And the worst thing is that you get your feelings back. Mm -hmm. Now, you were lucky enough to go to rehab. There's no mm -hmm. shame in that. Uh, but And so that, that was very taken care of, wasn't mm -hmm. it? And, and also, I was taken care of as well, well as the partner of. Because it's incredibly difficult for the partner of somebody that suddenly gives up drinking. There is a phrase, dry drunk. Mm. And honest to God, the dry drunk can be worse than the drunk. Mm. Because what it means is they've stopped their self-medicating and they're hanging on like this. And just it can just be unbearable. There was periods of time when Mark kept trying to give up drinking before he got the proper help. 20th year of sobriety. This year, mm. this year we're going to go big on it. Mm. Um, the, um, 
you know... Just crack open some champagne. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what oh. we usually do on his sober birthday? We go to a pub. It's my gallows Because he likes humor. it. It's his gallows yeah, yeah, yeah. humour. But, but, you know, to be both be held in a way and mm. by the group, because you're going to a group, you're going to AA, you're going to Al-Anon, and still it's tough. So I always say to Mark every January, I say, I, I just feel a bit worried about all those people. Like you say, there's going to be people that say, oh, I've got to have a, give them a liver a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's going to be people that are scared that they've got something bigger going on. And the thing is, you start counting down to the end of the month and then you go crazy. I would recommend 100 days myself. Um, I would go so far as to say that if you can entertain the thought of dry January or Stoptober and you don't enter a cold sweat or panic about it, you're probably not an alcoholic. So you're probably doing something that will just, across the arc of the year, be hugely beneficial to the body. I would say that if you feel the need to or that perhaps you drink too much, maybe the, 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 thing, the thing not to do is to then go into a sort of extended binge moment of February being complete overindulgence or, you know, uh, November being overindulgence too. So, you know, I think... One, yes, of the, one, one, one of the other aspects of the whole kind of dry January thing is is that, and we do check out the live last night because we ran through sort of almost Tim Reed. Mark's going to be doing this too. every Thursday, aren't you? Yes, Thursday, every Thursday, Thursday, night, Thursday evening, eight thirty. I think it's kind of it's interesting to go through those questions to ask yourself not if they they definitively tell you that you're an alcoholic because one of the weirdly defining aspects of you being an alcoholic often for huge parts of being an alcoholic, active alcoholic, is total denial. It's an inability to spin around and turn on yourself. And that, for me, is the most cunning aspect of it as a disease, is it's a disease that tells you you haven't got a disease. And that's its cunning, horrible, and this crafty idea way of that, screwing with your brain. That you can detox yourself in January and then you'll be free of toxins mm. and then you can start again is a nonsense. Mm. It's just... And I don't remember, you, you'll remember people that have been with us for a while. How long was it? About, well, it was pre-pandemic, a couple of years ago. Years ago. Mm. I, I, I'd done dry January before in the past and done the classic, given up after two weeks and boozed heavily and it just doesn't work. And then I, I read this amazing book called, I can't remember, it's a very complicated book. Somebody here will remember, I can never remember the title. What, many of you read it, didn't you? It was the most incredibly empowering, brilliant book. I think... More so for women. It's written by a woman than for men. I think it's quite women, female-centric. And she discussed the idea of trying 100 days, not a month. And I, I, the first month was so hard. The second month got easier. The third month, I felt incredible. And my big regret is that I that I told everybody I was doing 100 days. So people that knew me, as it was coming towards the end of the 100 days, were like, oh, so we're going to have a glass of wine at the lunch? The unexpected gonna... joy of being sober. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thanks, please, Zoe. please get that book if you are in any way wanting to think about your drinking, because I think it was just so brilliant. And um, on that 100th day, everyone was like, oh, come on, go for a drink. Anyway, went. I didn't really want one. Went for lunch, had half a glass of wine, and you realise then just how toxic it is, because I felt like mm. shit. Mm. I felt like I'd been poisoned. Because it is what and then I was like in this period of weeks of just trying to get myself toxined again so I didn't feel so ill when I drank. I mean if that doesn't tell you everything, God. Claire Scott <laughs> makes a really good point. Agree. The messaging needs to be softer around dry January. It's not for people with real alcohol issues and need treatment. 30 days ain't gonna cut it. I'd go so far as one of the really interesting aspects of the chat last night that dawned on me, and this is what's good. I hope they function a little bit like a share or a chair or a you know a meeting of sorts. 
uh, where we can actually talk to each other, because obviously in AA meetings you can't cross-talk. I mean, you can afterwards, but you wouldn't ever sort of say, oh, I disagree with you, or I think that, or that. But one of the things that came out of last night that really struck me was my only equivalent I can think of before I met you was the month I talked about last night, about travelling around Indonesia in the in a November of about 1999, not, not drinking for the entire month because there was no alcohol available. And how my... The addiction, the, the disease of addiction in my head sold to me this narrative, that if I could do it then, I wasn't an alcoholic. And I went, so and, and, and that was, that month was actually just prior to what I would probably describe as the next three to four years with the worst years worst of my drinking. life mm. in terms of drinking. Ironically, beautiful disaster was I met you, but that... And that moment of sobriety, enforced sobriety, actually did me no favours whatsoever because it, mm. it, it sold me a pup. And my worry around dry January and Stoptober is that if you really do have a problem, it could end up doing the same kind of thing. I think Sadie C, was it you said, I'm doing dry January just to reset and readdress my drinking habits. Brilliant. That's brilliant. But I think if after three or four days of taking dry January or doing Stoptober, there are sort of other symptoms creeping in that are really feeling quite dark and feelings, dangerous. If your feelings are starting to come up, like Badly. I would say, even if you don't think you're an alcoholic or anything, I, I would say when you're doing dry January, you know, AA is totally free and there's mm. loads of it online. Why not just sit in an AA meeting and just listen? Because you might have some light bulb moments that go, oh, God, actually... Um, and, you know, the sooner one addresses it, the better. Can I also make a quick thing as well? Because this is something that I kind of got this, you know, as alcoholics, addicts, someone said you believe in it's possible to have an addictive personality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think everyone is addicted to something, if I'm honest. Yeah. My line on the AA thing is, and this is, this is kind of important because it's sometimes, however bright or intelligent or emotionally intelligent you might feel you are and you might think, oh, I've got a grip on this and I'm in touch with this and all that kind of bollocks. And I haven't been, I've been fucking stupid. But there is, there is still this simplistic kind of equation that sometimes creeps in, which is people will think, or you can think, if I go to an AA meeting, that means I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> it doesn't. Doesn't. It doesn't. It means you're it's, interested in... Yeah. Because the facts are, it is a poison. It is a poison. So when I felt poisoned after 100, year, after 100 days, 100 years, it was because I had been yeah. poisoned. It's funny, just saw something there from um, Zoe who said, well, I can't, I've got too many birthdays. And that is the way that we think very much in this nature, very cultural thing that I where you go, oh God, well, I can't give up drinking this month because I've got all these birthdays. Because we don't assume you can do a birthday without alcohol. Mm. You can't celebrate somebody's birthday without alcohol. But so many other countries wouldn't, just don't even have these conversations. We are quite an alcoholic nation, oh, absolutely. aren't we? Don't absolutely. you think? Yeah, no, that's totally So great. every Thursday at half past eight, Mark is doing... <clears throat> We've really wrangled over how to describe these chats that we're doing. You're doing one on Mondays. Because I do Mondays, nine o'clock, body image. And um, we really wrangled over it because what we are doing is taking a little bit from Overeaters Anonymous and AA and these things, which is the idea of just sharing each other's stories helps you have a little light bulb moment. So um, I think both both people got a lot from mm, each other. Absolutely. So, uh, and there's a link beneath Nadia's if you want to share more detailed sort of dilemmas or issues or stories to share. Because I'm going to be reading out people's mm. stories, not, not giving loads of advice or anything because I'm not a bloody expert, but we just might chat over them a mm. bit, but then I just want people to just take what they can from other people's stories. And beneath the live I did last night, I, I failed to pop it up last night because I got sucked into 
the traitors, um, I will pop up the link again likewise if you want to share a story and keep it anonymous. Let us know if you want to be named. But if you don't, let us know either way. We'll just always keep it anonymous, like a, like a meeting. It's an opportunity we, just we to agree, share. We agree, Cara. Yeah. I personally believe if everyone did the 12 steps... <sighs> Well, we, one of my everyone would have a better relationship. So true. You don't have to be. You can just look at the twelve steps without mm. being. Well, one of the things I'm going to do, if not for one episode, potentially, Tim, you'll be intimate with the twelve steps. Uh, I may well um, do an episode on each. I'm going to walk us through the twelve steps and look at what they mean in really everyday life, idea. rather because sometimes you can look at the twelve steps of a fellowship and think that's only appropriate if, if I'm sitting in a really dark means, room. Da, 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 da. People might think twelve steps yeah. fellowship. What yeah, it, yeah, will become clear. Yeah, it'll be so yeah, both of them have been uploaded. Mark's last night, mine on Monday. So if you want to catch the first sessions, you can, and then join us live next week. Yeah, just quickly read this comment. Amanda Moore, my dad was an alcoholic, as was my great grandfather and great grandmother. Lost my partner nearly oh, nine years ago. He was also heart. an alcoholic. I don't drink as I have an addictive personality, oh, so that would defo. Yeah. Do you ever go to Adult Children of Alcoholics Anonymous or um, Al Anon, which is family or loved ones? Because that's so much that you've gone through. That is really mm. so much oh, and well. you might not even recognize it but mm. you deserve a bit of looking after so just for those of you who regularly know on a friday at the end of this um we've got you know, the sunday show is being edited today so um, we're going to do a very quick friday quiz for you faith somebody asking for decluttering vlogs there De we'll be decluttering about vlogs, yeah, we're talking about all sorts of uh, exciting things coming up but so we're going to do a quiz of the week but also just want to quickly talk about the traitors just quickly the traitors I heard myself turn around to you and say, this is possibly the greatest TV I've no, seen but in recent years. No, but before that, because if you don't know, yesterday we were saying we fucking hate it. We don't get the point of it. What is everyone talking about? Mm. And then last night we were watching it and I went to Mark, I think mm. I've got hooked. I we think I like it. And he went, I think it's the greatest thing on it's the only thing. Really made me I, it's the only thing I've seen make both you and Maddie when you were kind of, you were posting I something. I knew Maddie, Maddie would get and into Matt, it. And you were both looking over your phones and I was sat in the corner having just done the live with, with I love the you way guys. you always make out everyone else on their phone and you're sat without your phone watching. You are a dirty lying cheat. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it became apparent. And who Why was it that said to me yesterday, success. you're going to love the psychology because we were into it. Faith Goodman. We were stopping all this shit about them laughing. It was like, how are you going to devour each other? fascinating. So the thing is, Faith, Faith, you sent us a message, I think, somewhere else on the channel yesterday saying, I don't understand. How can you not like this? And you, yet you like Love Island. Mark said, Faith said, Mark said, Faith messaged yeah, and yeah. said, what's See, wrong with us? Because we watch Love Island. See, in real, in real life, if you're, if you're kind and push back, we find it fascinating. Yeah. We, love to, we love to talk about it. Anyway, so, so you asking that question was really good because I came back and I said to you, well, actually, you know, Love Island isn't just about the, oh, I, I hated the last fun. series. We love all the relationship chat that it encourages. Um, so I love that. Anne-Marie Shellard. Oh, God, I'm where you were yesterday. I don't want to get addicted <laughs> to, the <laughs> to the bloody, bloody BBC. BBC. Well, then don't watch it. If you hated it, just stick with that. I think the bit that we, I think the bit that we hated <sighs> was, it was that sort of mainstream linking, getting all the characters in, everyone grinning like idiots, laughing like nutters. I am hooked massively. And you're absolutely right, Faith, and others who've said it. Lots of you have said it. It is the psychology and I didn't realise how layered it was going to get between the traitors. I didn't think for a minute that... Because I asked the question at one point last night, and I won't ruin it, because we've seen the three episodes. That's how committed we are. We jumped ahead. We've seen tonight's episode. Is it tonight's episode? But I didn't realise. I didn't know answers to questions like... So, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. No, don't, I'm don't not gonna, give us... I'm not literally going to spoil. 
Don't say anything. That's even vaguely as But I didn't know some of the rules. Yes, we discovered the rules yeah. last night. Yeah, and, and so some of the rules made it quite interesting. The, I, I'll tell you what, though, I don't really like the challenges, except quite like the bird thing. I thought it was quite funny. Yeah. I think what we should do next week, because it's only on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is next Wednesday we will do a live. A live chat next, after. A live after the next episode. And we will stick with them as their broadcast so that we don't run the risk of tripping into spoiling it for anyone else who doesn't watch it on iPlayer. But can I just say... We were saying maybe what we should we do is do this Good. at the end of Coffee Moaning so yeah. that people that aren't watching it can Good pop idea. off. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was... It's compelling. It's compelling. All of you will know if you've watched it who the first person Kathy was out. Cross. I do love these people. I don't want to watch it because I don't want to get hooked. <laughs> yeah, no, there is that. There is that. Okay, well, right. on that note. Listen, guys, thank you so much um, oh, for your company again today. Mark's going to do the quiz. Um, tomorrow, Curly Cooks is at 10.30. Our new time for Curly Cooks is 10.30. We're finding it a real push in the morning with the papers and everything. So Mark will be going live with the papers at, what, half nine? Yes, Half nine, Mark, and the Saturday Papers. If you've never joined in for the Saturday Papers, it's great. It's a real rip-through. It's fantastic. We and find funny and serious. Dina and I, obviously, Dina is fully into Veganuary, so she's going to be doing is some she bringing a staple gorgeous gun? dishes. Hmm? Is she bringing a staple remover? Nearly kicked off again here last night with something else, but oh my! So she's going to be cooking. She's going to be making that, and I'm going to be making through the month um, healthy but delicious Sunday show. The No Name mm. Sunday show. How delicious was what I made yesterday? <laughs> tell you what delicious, you want. Two, and two you wouldn't know dishes. that they were like healthy or mm. low cost or whatever. So I'll be sticking healthy, delicious, low cost meals through January. And in the Sunday show, we've got some really funny memes again from Maddie. I love she does a great balance of funny and funny shit of really funny, but then really warm and really sweet. Some of the I, there's a couple of dog memes that she showed me that have stuck with me for so so much. Honestly, from here, yeah, like Mark. Dina was round last night and Mark and Maddie go <laughs> Mark and Maddie go off into his room and, and I was like I said to Dina, God, I do love the way Mark laughs, but you sound like you're going to die. Well I feel like I'm gonna die sometimes. It's so yeah. extreme from when you're sad. Yeah. 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 Alright guys, I've got right, a headache. Faith, just I fa just want to stay here on your shoulder. Oh well you can and I can talk oh. in a deep, gravelly voice and you can cuddle into my, my <laughs> fisherman's jumper. Does it smell of fish? Why'd you ruin everything? Okay, so if Bye you're not guys. if you're not wanting see to do quiz of the week, head off, have a lovely rest of the Friday, and uh, we will see you. Uh, part two of the top ten films will be landing tonight, as well as over the weekend, worst films are all related to, they're all good to go. Um, and so let's do quiz of the week, shall we? Let's quiz do quiz of the week, 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 quiz of the week. So here you go, get your pens and pe pe pens and pencils ready, pens and papers ready. Uh, or do it on your phone. See if you can get seven out of seven. And let's face it, as I've said before, you, it's not the taking part that counts, it's the winning. So let's try and win, shall we? Let's try and win. So usually this quiz is about the news of the week. It, it relates, sometimes we'll have intercepted these stories, but more, more often than not, it's about really obscure golfers who've changed their careers and become cricketers and about their kind of batting average. And then we don't know what the fuck's going on. Okay, Glastonbury Festival, found, question one. Glastonbury Festival founder Michael Evis, uh, author Jilly Cooper were among those recognised in the New Year's Honours list, but also receiving awards were actress Amelia Clark and her mother, Jenny, for services to charity in aid of what? A, autism, B, brain injury, or C, prevention of child abuse? 
to which charity or which charitable sort of endeavours were both Amelia Clark and her mother Jenny uh, awarded um, honours um, to? What, what, what charitable kind of, you know, area have they been sort of helping with? Is it autism, brain injury or prevention of child abuse? Uh, lots of you coming in here with B. Uh, Reese Roberts, B, Matt Roth, B, lots of you saying, yeah, you're absolutely right, it's brain injury. Question two, billions of people around the world saw in the new year with parties, shared kisses and reflection. Uh, no, they weren't looking in mirrors. Among the biggest events was the annual celebration in New York's Times Square. Which of these rappers was there to help welcome 2024? Was it A, Doja Cat, <laughs> B, Lil Nas X, or C, Megan the Stallion. Which of those rappers was at New York Times Square to see in 2024? Was it A, Doja Cat, B, Lil Nas X, sorry for any rapper fans there for me pronouncing it, I'm sure it's pronounced in a different way there, or Megan the Stallion. Um, Faith Goodman going for a guess. What did you guess? B. Um, uh, is that a good, no, no. You'd think maybe it was the most awkward one to pronounce. Uh, it was it was C. It was Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion. Katie Johnston, you're right. Question three. Denmark's Queen Margaret II announced her surprise abdication in a New Year television address. She'd been on the throne since 1972. Who did she succeed? Who was on the throne before her? Who was the who was the king of Denmark? Was it Christian the Ninth, King Frederick the Ninth, or King John the First? Who was on the throne? Who did she succeed? Who was on the throne before her? Was it A, Christian, King Christian IX, B, King Frederick IX, or C, King John I? Nick White, her dad. Good answer. But which of those three was her dad? Uh, question Joni saying C, John I, Kathy Cross. Guess here. Georgina's, good guess. Good guess, Georgina. It's Frederick IX. B, B. Question four, Venice announced a ban on loudspeakers. Tori, if you're here, this is for you. Venice announced a ban on loudspeakers and tourist groups of more than 25 people in a bid to ease the impact of mass tourism on the Italian city. It's sinking, isn't it? And, and in fact, you might have seen last year, there was footage of tourists falling into the, into the canals uh, from their gondolas. Um, so which of these other measures has the city not adopted in its effort to curb tourism? So which of these has it not adopted? Meaning that the other two... It has adopted. So which of these hasn't it adopted? A, a ban on recreational boats. B, a fee for daily visitors. Or C, no waiting zones in photogenic spots. Which of these haven't they enacted? A, a ban on recreational boats. B, a fee for daily visitors. Or C, no waiting zones in photogenic spots. Oh, lots of you saying C for the photogenic spots. I guess if you remove C, you've removed the entire purpose of visiting Venice. No, you're all right. Yeah, it's C. Question five. 16-year-old dart sensation Luke Littler fell just short of winning the championship. Which of these other teen sporting sensations was younger than Littler when they won their first major title? Here we go. Sporting question none of us are going to ever know the answer to. So which of these... Sporting champions were younger than even Luke Littler when they won whatever their title was. Was it A, Simon Biles, B, Martina Hingis, or C, Pele? Okay, I know two of those names. Was it A, Simone Biles, B, Martina Hingis, or C, Pele? Rio Chap saying Pele. 
Sadie C, no idea. Leah Carter saying C. Faith Goodman saying Pele. Joni saying Martina Hingis. It is Martina Hingis. It's B. B, 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 B. Well done, Dawny Harvey. Question six. Miley Cyrus had the biggest song of last year with the breakup anthem Flowers that attracted 198 million streams, according to figures released by the UK record industry. But which of these tracks was not in the top 10 singles of the year? So which of these tracks was not in the top 10 singles of the year? Was it A, Boys a Liar Part 2 by Pink Panthers featuring Ice Spice? Was it B, Dance the Night by Dua Lipa? Or was it C, Kill Bill by Sizzle? S-Z-A, or is that how you pronounce them? Is it like TMZ or S-Z-A or S-Z-A? Which of those tracks was not in the top 10 singles of the year? A, Boys A Liar by Pink Panthers. B, Dance The Night by Dua Lipa. Or C, Kill Bill by Susan. Wonder Woman is saying A. Matt Roth is saying A. Sadie C is saying C. I'll reveal it when I get the right answer. Clue, Rachel Mason is B, Dance The Night by Dua Lipa. Anyone here got six? Anyone here got six out of seven? You might have. Not a chuffing clue. Dawny, you did well on the last one. You did so well, you answered it three times and each one was right. B, B, B. Um, anyone here got six? Rachel Mason, you've got one. Oh, and it was that one. Well done, you. Two, three, says Rosemary Mahita Girl. Only three, Katie Travers. Wonder Woman, four. That's not bad. That's going into the weekend with some kind of dignity. Boo, got five. We haven't finished yet, Sadie C. You could get six. That's amazing. Faith, two. Faith, Rachel Hardman, zero. It's the taking part that counts. It's not, it's the winning. Dale, what have you got? How are you, Dale? Love to you and all your family. Only three, all guesses. I think good guesses. Good guesses. Maybe you should go and pop a fiver on a horse today. Um, okay, here we go. Final question. Mickey Mouse became public property after the US copyright on the earliest version of the Disney character expired on the 1st of January. Which of these other characters also became free to use or reproduce on the same day? This is an early version of Mickey Mouse, the one where he's sort of, you know, got the, he's steering the boat. Is it A, Popeye, B, Tigger, or C, Winnie the Pooh? Which other uh, Disney character uh, became free to use or reproduce as of the 1st of January due to copyright rules running out? A, Popeye, B, Tigger, or C, Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> the wonderful thing about tears, Tigger's a wonderful your tops are made out of rubber. Your bobbins are made out of string. We're bouncy, flouncy, bouncy, flouncy, bun, 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 bun. The wonderful thing about things is that I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, the sailor man. It is Tigger. Tigger, 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 Tigger. It's Tigger, which is what? B. So there you go. Well done, everyone. Well, there you go. There's your first Friday quiz of 2024. Orla, you'll have to scroll back, my darling. Um, have a lovely day, guys. As I say, lots will be landing on the channel. We'll see you tomorrow for the Curly Cooks and the Weekend Papers. Continuation of the top 10 films. Check them out if you can. Um, and uh, something else is landing and something else is landing. What is there? I think there's another green figure there. There's all sorts of things landing. And the first home time of 2024. You're going to be seeing some of the kind of hangover from last year, and you're going to be getting up to date with the home times of 2024. So uh, lots to look forward to. Have a lovely day, guys.